0: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
1: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
0: Uh, let's get ready to rumble! He's the
1: fastest man on the planet. He took got there, rabbits. That yes yes hello one hello all uh put the question to the people whether we do one big upload or uh, two small ones the people have spoken they do want the one long upload a long upload wouldn't sound as great unless i had someone to bounce my ideas off and that means we're joined by joe from the park footy podcast joe how are we
0: not too bad, mate. Not too bad. I'll probably make you look a bit smarter anyways. How are you going?
1: A little bit smarter, a little bit less attractive as well, mate. Good, good. Thank oh. you for coming on once again.
0: Oh, no no worries at all, mate. How's your day been?
1: Not too bad, mate. Not too bad. As the, uh, the people would know, I was in Sydney yesterday uh, getting the old eyeball checked up. No news is good news, so recovery is still on track, but there's more important things to talk about this week, mate, and that is Supercoach and the NRL. Normally, you join me on a Wednesday. We discuss the fallout from Teamless Tuesday. Didn't get a chance to record that, so we're going to quickly uh, go over the Teamless Tuesday fallout how it's going to affect supercoach uh, moving forward first game is the Rabbitos in the storm and the first note i've made here mate harry grant is he a must-have or are we, are we happy to wait with him until after origin
0: look it depends on who you have in your side we sort of touched on this on monday as well um depending on who your other hooker is if you've got a read money or something i think you should be pretty sweet um but if you are looking to trade in somebody like a jacob little it's definitely an upgrade option harry grant's the best hooker by a mile
1: Now, the other man here, my favorite player in the NRL, and yours too, Jai Arrow, named at 13. Cam Murray, extended time on the bench. Rabbitohs don't play the first bye week, and Arrow, you'd expect, also plays origin. Is this just a little bit of uh, smoke and mirrors, or or was there actually some merit behind picking up Arrow if he's going to be starting?
0: He's definitely someone that I'm interested in. I I reached out to you earlier this week and sort of mentioned it. That was before I realized that he was only a second rower and not a front row forward. But uh, look, if he had the dual position, then I'd definitely be keen. What about yourself?
1: Yeah, as you touched on, mate, if you had the dual position, I'd definitely um, eat some humble pie and bring Arrow in. But the fact he's just a two RF, I can think of some better options um, that don't have the dual eligibility as well. So that the hinging factor on there was um, was that dual position. Onto an NRL side of things, mate, do we see the Storm uh, getting up here, or the Rabbitohs going to make it eight in a row?
0: Uh, look, I think it's it's got to be the storm for me personally. I think the storm is starting to roll now. Obviously, they're still missing Pappenhausen, but getting Harry Grant back into that side, he's made such a difference. And uh, Jerome Hughes has gone to a next level this year. Uh, what about yourself?
1: Yeah, I, feel, I like the storm here, mate. Souths uh, are flying, but uh, the news that Latrell's obviously not back yet. And the fact that they've put Cody Walker back to fullback, AJ on the wing, and they bring in, uh, is it young Drew? Drew Hawkins into, into the side. Uh, played well in his first game, but uh, starting, it's a big, big test. The next game, I think, is a bit of a formality. I don't think there's too much to talk about here. There's a couple of points. It's the Panthers and the Sharks. Do we think Catewell is a bit of a trap? Uh, has He's been named, but do we expect him to play?
0: Look, I feel like Catewell has been a bit of a trap all year. Like, he's had a, a few games that have, uh, he's popped off on, but... At the end of the day, his minutes are insecure there. You've got so many players like a Liam Martin. You've got Viliami Kikau as well. And you're starting to see that Liam Martin's starting to get those minutes. So I think even before the injury, and he obviously is carrying that uh, rib injury now, uh, I wasn't big on Capewell. What about you? Do you think they're going to line up 1-17 on Friday? Mm, I, I'm not 100% sure. From what I've heard, the rib isn't like, it's not fantastic. But in saying that, you know, in Penrith, they've got a fair bit of depth. I think it's a game they're going to win quite comfortably. So you might see Capewell get a rest.
1: Yeah, if he starts, I wouldn't expect him to play big minutes. And I think some people might fall into the trap of seeing that him not being pulled out of the side and then he playing 25-30 minutes and then going to get stung. I've never been a huge Cape Wall fan myself. He's relied heavily on tries. And I've, I've said week after week that when he doesn't get those tries, he gets a poor score. And we've seen those when he isn't um, jumping over the try line. Uh, a game here I've marked for Nathan Cleo to go absolutely berserk,
0: mate. I'm sure you agree. No, definitely him and Jerome Luir both. Uh, I think when one's firing, the other usually is as well. And that left hand edge is going to be on fire. I think both Penrith edges are going to be popping off this week. To be honest,
1: I know Supercoach never really translates to the NRL, but Jerome Hughes, Jerome Hughes, Jerome Luai's scoring hasn't been fantastic the last couple of weeks, and Penrith have still looked very, very comfortable. So it's going to be a scary, scary time uh, facing those two in, in your head to heads if you don't own them when they are both clicking. And uh, yeah, I think the Panthers can make this nine in a row and, and really extend that lead at the top of the table, especially with, um, with the Rabbitohs and the Storm clashing in the first game of the week. Eels Broncos, uh, sorry, Eels Roosters. Can Sam Walker continue to keep his form up? Uh, facing a very, very tough side in, in the Parramatta Eels. Do we see Walker being a genuine reserve option this week?
0: I think Sam Walker's almost a a reserve option every week. I think he's had one bad game throughout the whole year. Uh, And for me, yeah, look, I'm going to have the reserve on Sam Walker just because he has that massive, massive ceiling. Eels aren't fantastic either. In saying that, I really wouldn't be surprised to see Roosters win this game.
1: Yeah, mate, it's going to be one of those tough ones. It's obviously a couple of injuries to the Roosters. Sam who who is looking like a decent super coach prospect, uh, out with that retina issue. Uh, Shout out to the eye injury fam. I know what it's like. Isaiah Papali, mate, can he continue to, to dominate the way he is, or um, are we waiting for that price to come down? Is, is he still viable to pick up now
0: at the sky-high price he is? Oh, this is a question you and I have asked each other for the last, what, three or four weeks. Look, don't ask me, mate. I, I almost jumped on him this week as well, but I know as soon as I do, I'm going to be the kiss of death. Uh, what about you? You reckon it's too late?
1: I'm 40k short.
0: I've tried to swing it as many ways
1: as I can. I just can't get him in unfortunately. So I'm, I'm hoping that he drops in price and we can pick him up before Origin because he's going to be a fantastic option um, for that round 13 and for the rest of the season. I feel the presence of Ryan Madison. Uh, I know I've spoken to you about this, about bringing him in. The bloke scored 60 on the weekend and did absolutely nothing. So it's always a positive sign for Maddo. He's probably not going to play Origin. So another one of these guys we could pick up for round 13. I know you have issues surrounding his head injury. Um, if we can see some form picking up for Maddo, would you consider it? Or is it is it one of those cases where um, he's just a, just a head knock away from being done.
0: I actually think it's probably the opposite. If we don't see form from him, we see those numbers quite low uh, and his money does drop, I definitely will jump on him because he is somebody who has all the potential in the world to go out there and just pop off. But uh, for me, if matter goes down you know, maybe 100K or so, I'll definitely be jumping on board. Yeah,
1: I'd definitely be waiting until that um, low score drops out of his break even, uh, out of his three game rolling average. And I think he's going to be a pretty juicy pick up for round thirteen. And um, you'll hear Joe and I talk about that a lot as how crucial trades are for round thirteen. There's a couple of listener Q and A's to the back end of this episode um, surrounding trades targets. Uh, I know I have my theories on them, and, and we'll get Joe's on them as well. But I think round thirteen and, and picking players for that round is going to be so crucial. Raiders and the Knights, uh, a lot, a lot of talk out of the nation's capital this week. Ricky Stewart seems to lost the dressing room. Joe Tarpeny's missus popped off on Instagram. Josh Papali's back into the side. There's a lot of unrest in that Raiders side. And a lot of people looking at Corey Haddawir and Naira. Uh, I can't go near any Raiders forwards at the moment. Not until there's some form of stability. It's just too much of a gray area for me. Um, do you think the Raiders respond this week? If there's going to be a week that they do fire back, is it this week against uh, an,
0: under, an understrength Knights side? I think this is probably the hardest game of the round uh, to pick for sure. Like I look at Knights, Knights were sort of in the similar, boat in the off season, there's a lot of unrest there in the off the field. And then obviously the Raiders, everything that's come out in the last two weeks have been shocking. Um, look, I wouldn't be touching any of the Raiders forwards. They worry me a lot. We've obviously seen Ryan James fall culprit of that as well earlier this season and even last round. So for me, I wouldn't be touching Corey, Harry, Weir, and Ari yet. And I think Newcastle are going to get the chalkies in this one.
1: And the next little pun I've put here is: Will we see Bradman's best? Uh, one of these guys I'm looking at to pick up this week or, or next week, and he'll feature in my trade talks. But uh, a guy that's a safe forty in the center wings, you know the ceiling that he can produce, and if Ponga and him link up well, uh, probably a must-have around thirteen, and potentially a must-have for the rest of the season. Do you think um, it's a it's a decent matchup to pick him in this week, or would you wait until next week when the draw lightens up?
0: No, nah, I quite like it. Like like we were saying, Raiders can be anything this weekend. They might go out there and absolutely stink it up and Bradman will be showing off his best. Uh, I think he is a, a very viable option for Supercoach moving forward. Uh, and yeah, I would hate to be lining up against him. The, the bloke is an absolute beast.
1: Now, not Supercoach related, but with this night side falling down um, left, right and center, do people sleep on Mitchell Pierce yet again?
0: Yeah, look, I'm so indifferent about Mitchell Pearce. Like, I think his short kicking game is absolutely rubbish. I think all of the stuff that comes off or with off the field dramas, it's just it's not worth it having him in your club. But you I mean look at Newcastle and the way they've played in the last couple of games; they've just been absolutely shocking, and they're definitely missing a leader in the middle there.
1: I do agree with the um, with the final third kicking, but there's very very few in the NRL that I think can compete with Mitchell Pearce from getting your team from the twenty to the opposition twenty. I think he's a fantastic game manager. I think he's fantastic getting his players around. Um, just play after play, but it is that sort of attacking thirdy he sometimes does lack, but with Ponga developing that skill, uh, I think that makes up for it. But yeah, when Mitchell Pierce goes down, they struggle. We know, uh, I think it was two years ago, they went on a nine game win streak or something and then Pierce went down. They lost, I think, nine of the next 10 or something like that. So he's a very crucial part to their side. And I think people sleep on him yet again. The Tigers and the Titans. I think this is going to be a game where a lot of people's tipping comps might get ruined. I think the Tigers could cause a sneaky upset here. It's the battle of the two secondary forwards, Fafita and Luciano. Uh, I think that could be anything in terms of attack. Both guys possess so much uh, ability to to attack and, and really be the focal part of their team's offense. Um, how do you see this one playing out, mate?
0: Yeah, you're exactly right. It could go either way. Titans obviously coming off that very disappointing loss to the Broncos last week, and uh, Tigers fighting their way back there to get the, get the win against the Dragons. So one's on a high and one's on a low. You mean The heart, sorry, the head says the Titans and the, the heart says the Tigers. So I guess, look, I, I'm going to say the Tigers just because I want them to win, but yeah, I would not be surprised if it goes either way, to be honest.
1: No Corey Thompson, no Ash Taylor. Uh, I think that's going to have a, a big impact. Not so much Ash Taylor, but um tenor boyd is, is is a good footy player don't get me wrong but um I, I think a lot of the a lot of this is going to come down to jamal fogarty and it, it might be a little bit too much for him Corey thompson we know how much of a meter eater he is for the titans no disrespect to philip philip sammy but uh i don't think he's in the same kind of form that Corey thompson is this week and uh, so you got a guy like zach seeny um who who found his feet in first grade adam and dewey luke brooks looked to be a pretty good halves combination uh, Jacob Little comes back into the side as well, so he's going to provide a bit of spark off the bench, a bit of stability with Moses and buying the centers as well. So, yeah, definitely one of these games that could go either way. As a Tigers fan, it's hard not to be biased, but hopefully the boys get the win on the weekend and um, and ruins people's tipping comps. Dragons-Cowboys, the next Queensland, derby after last week. If, if, if this can be half the game of what last week was, mate, we're in for a real trade, aren't we?
0: Yeah, I think you mean the Broncos-Cowboys there, champion.
1: what did I say? You said dragons Dragons Cowboys. I wouldn't want to watch that if my life depended on a Broncos Cowboys. If that that can be half the game of what the Broncos Titans was last week, um, we're definitely in for a show.
0: Oh, for sure. 100%. Broncos, Cowboys always delivers, doesn't it? I think if Jason Tamalalu can't get up for this one, then there's going to be some serious questions uh, around him going forward with with the Cowboys. And obviously the Broncos, again, uh, much like the Tigers, on, on a high from last week's win. Uh, very, very interesting game. And I know that you're you're massive on uh, TPJ moving forward for this season. And I think that this game, he could go out there and be absolutely anything.
1: Yeah, mate. We've put that as probably the number one talking point for this game. I think TPJ and this they are just, they're just going to be too strong for for Tamalolo and, and the Cowboys boys. Uh, losing Josh McGuire, losing a lot of uh, experience in the middle there, and the uh, the Dragons picked up, and I think they're they're really liking that pickup. Um, for the halves, I think Gamble uh, paid off really well. I think the midfield looked good last week as well. Osaka, we know how brilliant he was in attack. The one question mark on this Bronco side though is uh, the news that Xavier Coates is departing to Melbourne. Do you think this is going to be a, a deterrence? for the Broncos or do you think Kevin Walters is, I guess, a good good enough as an old head to, to put that sort of to rest and focus on the rest of the season?
0: Look, Kevy really backed himself into a corner by dropping and off the simple fact that Deirdre is not going to be there next year. And if you're going to be doing that and you're going to set the precedence as if you leave the club, that's what's going to happen. We're not going to be uh, building you up for another club. And you would imagine the same thing's going to happen to Xavier Coates. Uh, the fact is you've got somebody like a Desi New on the bench there that you can move a psycho across to the wing and put Tessie back into fullback like he should have been there for the entire season. Um, but look, it's yeah, it it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. You know my feelings about Kevy Walters and this is a great example of it.
1: Yeah, mate, it's uh interesting. Look, I've I've held Tessie new just because I've had had other issues from my Supercoach coach side. Um if he gets a start, this is gonna be great for round 13. Another name we can add to the list, but yeah, it's gonna be curious to see what they what they do with Xavier because unlike Dearden, um, where they have a lot of depth, I think Xavier Coates is their best um attack, I guess best player in the back line right now, um, until Katoni Stags comes back. So I think it's a different kettle of fish. W- what do they do if they, if they drop him? Like, who, who do they bring in? testing like you said, Katoni Stags is coming back soon as well. So he could make way and, and someone like a Jesse Arthurs could shift out to the wing. So curious to see how Teddy, uh, sorry, how Kevin Walters handles it. Um, but yeah, look, I think it's going to be a fantastic pickup for the Storm. Um, we know that Craig Bellamy can develop uh, young players left, right and center. and I think it's going to be a fantastic move for the career of Xavier Coates. Sea Eagles Warriors, is this Turbo's day to pop off, mate?
0: Yeah, you would think so, wouldn't you? I mean, he pops off against most teams. He's even did de- uh, decent against Penrith last week. And uh, look, the Warriors, they've leaked a fair few points there against the Cowboys last week. Uh, it's very dangerous times to be a, a Warriors player, isn't
1: it? Mate, as someone that didn't own Turbo last week, seeing him have a fucking bludge on the wing, sucking in the big <laughs> ones, and all of a sudden take this bullshit intercept. Mate, oh, it was, I was... Furious, he was just sitting there on the wing, punching in the big ones, and uh, found himself with an intercept. But uh, critically enough, the hamstring looked good, he looked in full flight. So, uh, I'm putting the kiss to death on him this week because he's one of my trade ins this week, so I expect him to go down. But yeah, if um, if this is going to be it, I think Sunday afternoon, mate, he could he could do anything. Um, Josh, Josh Curran, is he the real deal? If you haven't picked him up in the base price, he's still worth picking
0: up now, despite not playing round 13. Look, he's, he's going to make a ton of money, uh, and for me. I've sort of mentioned it a couple of times on the pod. I think you have to be careful with the amount of cash cows you bring in. For me, I look at the amount of cash cows I've still got in my team and I just can't really fit him in. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense for myself. Uh, if you are somebody who is looking to pick up some cash uh, and does want somebody who's decent in the second row, go for it 100%. There's nothing stopping you.
1: I'll, t- I'll tell you what, though. If
0: you were
1: someone that jumped on the Teague-Wilton train, uh, fantastic time to jump off and pick up current. You would have banked a lot of money doing that, especially with Wilton back on the bench now last game of the round, mate. Dragons, Bulldogs. Not a whole lot to talk about here, is there? Uh, Lomaxless, uh, Unfortunately, we know. I've made too many jokes about this now. I've just got to cough it. Lomax out with that dislocated thumb. That sees uh, Fui Maona move to his side of the field. and Does that mean Jack Bird is, is definitely um, a serious option?
0: I think so. I mean, I imagine a fair bit of the attack is going to go down Jack Bird's side. Not that it didn't already uh, prior to Lomax injury, but the fact is he's probably the best strike weapon that they have in the back line now. And I'd imagine he's going to get a lot more lot more touches than he has been seeing throughout the season.
1: And you know what, mate? Round 13, another big tick for Jack Bird and um, someone we can rely on. Another man who's going to play round 13, obviously, Matt Dufty. Uh, if you're looking for a pod move and you're looking to build that side for the origin periods to come, we've touched on him a couple of weeks ago, mate, but uh, I think there's some serious merit to picking up Dufty.
0: Oh, for sure. He's making everybody look silly. Who sort of uh, laughed at the idea of bringing him in because he just keeps performing week in, week out. Uh, The only thing is, again, playing for a pretty lowly team who is starting to pick up a fair few injuries. I imagine the Dragons uh, sort of drop off a little bit compared to where they have been at the start of the season. So that's something to keep in mind. I think they play the Broncos twice, the Bulldogs twice, and the Tigers
1: in the next couple of weeks. So definitely not a bad draw if you're going to pick him up. So I think he could rip some teams apart. And I think he's worth the punt if you're looking to to really strengthen um, your side. Uh, Joe, mate, that is going to wrap up the sort of teamless Tuesday for that preview and, and how we see each game going. Moving on to the more crucial part and Supercoach, and that's why everyone's here. Captain of the All right, Captain Choices for round nine. Uh, I think Captain Choices are going to be pretty crucial this week in terms of separating you or getting you back to the field, as they are most weeks. But I think there's a couple of uh, mainstream choices that the people are going to go down. And if you can navigate uh, the right ones, I think that's going to help you set up As we touched on before, Nathan Cleary, I think he's going to really pop off, uh, playing early in the week too. I think he's a a solid VC option, or if you're going to go balls out, picking up the C. Uh, You're looking at Cleary at all, mate? Is he in the back of your mind?
0: Uh, He definitely is. I've got so many Panthers players in my team. I've currently got the VC on Toto. Uh, I think he could put a massive number on the Sharkies, but uh, I'd definitely be putting a VC on one of the Penrith players this week.
1: Yeah, mate. I think on that um, on that side of the field, it, it doesn't look too too great for the Sharks. And uh, if Luai is going to carve down there, he could be a decent VC option, uh, To'o as well. So, look, I don't think you can ever go wrong with playing uh, one of the Panthers' boys as your VC. It's a pretty safe option moving forward. Uh, a game that we touched on that it's going to be pretty hard to tip the the Raiders' Knights game. I've got Cal and Ponga down here, mate. Uh, we know that the Raiders are, are leaking points left, right, and
0: centre. If you own Ponga, it's got to be in your mind, doesn't it? Oh, definitely, one hundred uh, percent. And they—they're just going to go through that left-hand side all night and tear them apart. And if Raiders aren't in the mood for a game, yeah, it could get a massive, massive score put on them for sure. Well, that's that's one of those things. I wouldn't be
1: confident to put the C on Ponga, um, just from the sheer fact that the Raiders could come out and shut them out forty-nil if they if they really fire up for Ricky. So uh, it could go either way. It could be one of those games where it's it's thirty-six to thirty, uh, or it could be a forty-nil shutout to to the Raiders and. Not confident enough to put the C on on Ponga, but definitely uh, a sneaky VC option. A man that we touched on that you think is going to have a bounce back week, uh, David Fafita, uh, VC, a C option as well again this week. We know that he needs those tries, but even in a quiet game last week when uh, it looked like he did nothing, he still pumped out to a 60-odd. And For, for a really quiet game for, for Fafita, you'll take that week in, week out, won't you?
0: Oh, definitely. Well, I mean, I, that was the first week I've captained for Fafita. Of course, I'm the kiss. If you're the kiss of death with bringing players in and they're getting injured, I'm the kiss of death with captaincies. I have not picked a good one all year. I think I got Papenhausen once. The rest of them have been absolutely disgusting. So I'm going to go for Fafita again this week, um, and I'm hoping that he puts up a big score against the Tigers. I would imagine he could probably going to uh, bag a few meat pies there as well. And uh, his, his name got dragged through the media a little bit this week as well. So uh, I'm expecting a bounce back week from Fafita
1: be in for a ripping and a tearing, mate. You were not the only one that put the seal on for feeder, uh myself included. He bombed. I didn't. I wouldn't say bombed two tries, but there was two chances towards the end to of that game there where um, he put the ball down in the end zone and, and it wasn't given, which was frustrating to say the least. Are we uh are we gambling too hard here to straight ctpj Yeah.
0: Yeah. Look. You know, you know my feelings with TPJ. Like, I'm not even confident enough to bring him into my side at this point. Like, I I think again, the whole jack Jack Hetherington gene, he possesses it, the the crazy man. He has managed to control it a bit better this year. But yeah, I just you don't know what you're gonna get from TPJ. And until I see a full season of it, I just no, I can't get get involved in it.
1: I I understand that it's just so hard to pass up, dual position, plays round 13, probably a borderline keeper for the rest of the season as well, mate. Like it's he's a 70 average on, on a quiet day and I understand what you're saying about the about the nightmare situation, and he could he could just come in and, and absolutely coat hanger um, Luke Garner, for example, this weekend, and he sees 10 weeks on the sideline, but I think there's just too much raw talent there to pass up for me and Supercoach, and others are agreeing this week. I think he's a pretty popular trade-in this week. I'm seeing a lot of questions surrounding him, so I think it could go either way, um, but for me, that dual position and, and just the ability that he has to pop off is very exciting. The, the last name on this captain's list that I've put down, mate, we've touched on him Sunday afternoon, Tom Travojevic, Uh, Probably going to be my captain for this week. What about yourself?
0: Yeah, look, it's another one to definitely be looking at. Uh, it's, I mean, I, th- I think you definitely have to go with VC in the Penrith game just because there's going to be such big scores put up there. But uh, between Fafida and... Um, Turbo, it's just such a hard decision, isn't it? I, I'm probably going to go for feeder, but I can 100% understand Turbo, and I'm, I'm very tempted.
1: That's the thing, mate. Like, I'm, I'm seriously looking at VCing for Feeder seeing Turbo, but that means I miss out on Luai, Cleary, Toto. So do you play it safe and just take Mr. Consistent in in Nathan Cleary? Do you just put the VC on him and, and hope for a game where... Look, for, for me, for some... I haven't captained a Cleary all year. So if he just scores 80 every week, I'm happy with that as a non-captainer, but as an owner, you obviously want... That sort of middling ground. You, you either want him to go really quiet, um, or really huge. If you've if you're on either side of the fence, but for me, I'm happy with that eighty. So that's a that's a question I'm going to have between now and kickoff kick off as to do we take the punt on this first game of or not the first game, but uh, one of the first gun choices for the week in Cleary, or, or do we go a bit riskier with Fafita because we know when Fafita goes big, it's it's big, isn't
0: it? Oh, definitely, and that's I've I've been sort of on the other side of that and seen uh, from the outside looking in, not having him as captain. And it's very painful. I can't, I can't deal with it. And he's the kind of guy like against Rabbitohs, like who would have thought he was going to put up a hat trick against the Rabbitohs in the first half. Like, you know, he's the kind of guy that can do absolutely anything. And it's just such a shame if you do miss out.
1: Well, that's the thing. If we're going to play the numbers, man, I'm pretty sure he had a quiet weak hat trick, quite weak hat trick, quite, quite weak last week. Are we seeing a hat trick on the board? Not too sure. I'm sure. uh I'm sure sports are going to get a lot of people that are are going to happily put some money on that and probably myself included from a super coach standpoint, but mate, apart from those five names, is there anyone that's standing out for you uh, for the captaincy that you're looking at?
0: Uh, I mean, another one you could chuck in again, Jerome Lawyer, which was sort of touched on. Uh, I think Cody Walker as well, potentially. Um, Look, I know he's obviously coming up against the Storm, and I do think Storm are going to win, but I just think he's going to put his hand up this week and uh, really sort of take over that side with so many of the playmakers out. Uh, he could even be a, a sneaky VC option because I'm, I'm sure there's not many people that will be uh, chucking the VC or the C on him.
1: Another VC option that just popped my mind from that um, that Panther-Sharks game. Sorry, the, the Panthers. Sorry, the <laughs> Ravido's Storm game, if I can get my words out. The number seven and the number nine, Harry Grant and Jerome Hughes. Definitely worth VC options if you own both those.
0: I feel definitely and that's the thing there's so many good options uh this year to go with your captaincy and your VC, and it's just so important and uh when when you don't pull it off it's a very very sad week for the rest of the week isn't it
1: that's why I feel like you can gamble pretty hardly with these VCs like for example I put the VC uh on Dane Gagai last week for example and it's that's not because I think he's going to go big but you want to put it on those players that have that huge X factor that can go huge don't you
0: yeah, that's it. And you don't, you're not going to put it on somebody who you know is just going to go out there and bang out a, a sixty or a seventy, and who always bangs out a sixty and seventy. Because where's the fun in that? You know, and if you can go on somebody like a Fafita who has a top score of 160, would you not rather go chuck the C on that? Like, you know, he might go out and chuck, give you a sixty, and that'd be disappointing. But yeah, look, I, I don't understand people that do it.
1: Well, that's, that's, that's the case with someone like a Payne Haas, for example. Payne Haas is a much better captain option than he is a VC option because you know he's just going to bag out like 75 to 80. And if he gets the off try, then yeah, he's going to go huge. But it's a very rare occasion. You'd much rather take an X-Factor player. And that's why someone like a Sean Johnson years gone past has been so crucial as a VC. But that's going to wrap up captain choices this week. We'll move straight into hot takes. Oh, that's hot. That's hot. Well, Joe, I'm not too sure if you followed last week, mate, but uh, had three options. Had Gutho under eighty, had Tebo under sixty, and I also had Sean Johnson under forty-five. And all three of those struck out big time. We're gonna bounce back this week. You've decided to jump on and give me a couple of hot takes, mate. Let's uh let's kick off with your three and then we'll go into mine.
0: Look, mine aren't overly hot. One of them is quite hot, and we'll start off with that one. Uh, Charlie Staines over 60. Uh, the man gets absolutely torched by everybody week in, week out. The bloke's got about a three of a base, which is, yeah, he's probably one of the worst base players in the entire comp. But I think against the Sharks, um, he's, he's going to go out there and get a few meat pies, and I'm going to have him over 60 this week.
1: I reckon it's either going to be Staines to go, like, huge over 100 or Stephen Crichton to go huge because – um, it's going to be one of those, I think, because if Crichton doesn't pass, then uh, Staines is in for a, a rough time. And it's a, it's a bit stiff for him, isn't it, mate? Like you, you finally get rid of Paul No Pass-Momorowski and then you've got Stephen Crichton that just slots right back in on the inside of you.
0: Old Stephen, sticky hands Crichton. Yeah, for sure. And that's, that's it. I, I thought that they were going to put Burton over that side. Burton and uh, Staines are good mates and played through the grades the whole whole uh, career. And I thought that that would make sense, put him there and then put Crichton back on the left side. But it just hasn't been the case for old, poor old Charlie. For,
1: uh, for Toa for toe owners, mate, I'm, I'm very happy that uh, that didn't happen. What is the uh, the next hot take man, very close to my heart?
0: Uh, so in the first game of the week, I've got Benji Marshall going over 80. A uh, bit of a big call, but again, I think him being on that left side for the Rabbitohs, uh, and he's going to have the ball in his hand a lot. I can just imagine he's going to set up a, a few meat pies there. Isn't he turning back the clock, mate? It's been a, an absolute sensational sign. I think he was, he
1: was all but done and dusted, and Wayne Bennett uh, gave him the call out. Uh, it's been it's been a fantastic signing, hasn't it? People want to talk about uh, guys like Papa Lee or, or guys like um, Jai Arrow, for example, providing impact off the bench, but this signing for Benji Marshall, I think, has gone very, very much under the radar because of how good of a player he is.
0: Roosters be sitting there absolutely kicking themselves over it, wouldn't they? Uh, they had the chance to go out there and sign him in the offseason. He would have been perfect for them. I think him and Sam Walker together would have been such a great combination.
1: Yeah, and, and not, not even to play him. Obviously, you've got Luke Keery there before the injury, but but Benji wasn't looking at huge game time as well. But all it takes is one injury and a reshuffle, like a one one suspension to Latrell. You wouldn't have think that would have impacted Benji too heavily, but uh, he's managed to take take the ball and run with it with both hands and um, going to be a very, very great player to have off the bench. Last player for your hot takes, mate.
0: Uh, so I mentioned it before, but I think David Fafita is going to have a bounce back week and he's going to go over 100. Uh, not exactly the hottest take, like I said. It's probably like a mild take, but uh, yeah, I think he's going to go over 100 this week.
1: Right. So we've got Stains over 60, Benji over 80 for Feeder over 100. Uh, hopefully, three of those get up, mate. It'll be a great debut for you. Uh, as for myself, I cannot go any worse than last week. None from three. I think the season tally sits at 21 uh, correct out of 37 picks. So we're still going over 50%, but uh, we want to be creeping that back up. I've gone Cleary over 100 for Feeder over 80. Haas over 80 and our favorite 5'8 from Wollongong, Corey Norman, to go over 60 against uh, a struggling Bulldog side, mate. So, Brother Normie, he's going to kick on and get the chockies for the peoples.
0: Yeah, as long as he's not too busy getting photos with Jared Hane before he Hane like two days before he goes to jail. How about that? That was uh, <laughs> that was a sight
1: to see on my Facebook this morning.
0: Why well, was I not surprised? If you had said to me there's one player in the NRL he's just recently got a photo of Jared Hane before he gets locked up, who is it? No hesitation, I would have said Corey Norman. <laughs> Corey Norman is the first pick, mate. Uh, we've got a couple of questions from the
1: listeners. Um, obviously, a lot of these guys reach out to me during the week with their trade advice. I've saved a couple of the best topics to, to talk about today. It's not a huge in-depth um, listener Q and A as it is most weeks with me rattling off 20-30 questions. But since we've got Joe here, I think we can go into more detail into some of these questions. And we touched on him in the first part of the show, but. Uh, Josh Curran, is he still the goods with with the price rise? Is he a genuine reserve option week in, week out? Or do you think he's bumped up? Especially last week, he had a couple of attacking stats. Um, but the week he, he, his debut week, I think he pumped out 60-odd in base and, and looked very impressive. As not non-owner myself, I want to see that go down. Uh, but there's plenty of guys out there that want to jump on him. And if you weren't in this sticky pickle of picking up cash cows, do you think Josh Curran is worth a look?
0: Oh, definitely. A hundred percent. And like, like you said, it's all situational for me, but uh, if you're out there and, and you can drop somebody who you're going to gain cash from and then be able to bring Curran in, go for it. Cause I think he is a hundred percent. He's a consistent player. He's going to go out there and bang out at least a 50 for you. Uh, the only thing you need to really worry about is minutes uh, and whether they change up, obviously, Alessi Katoa is going to be coming back to the side. Uh, Bailey Sirian has been riding the bench all, all season so far. So I can imagine there's a few changes uh, still to come for the Warriors. The one thing that,
1: that is deterring me from picking up is the round 13 fixture that he, he doesn't feature in. As, my, as someone like myself, who is a little bit behind the pack, thanks to a couple of injuries and some poor captain choices, I'm looking at round 13 heavily to be my um, pickup week. And I don't want to be wasting... I've, I've burnt two trades every week. So I don't want to be wasting even more to be picking up current than to trade him out before round 13. So uh, I, I think I'm going to pick up other options that they're going to play round 13 for a bit more cash, but a similar output. I think that's going to serve me a little bit better. The next questions. Um, Valentine Holmes is here by now. Another one of these guys will touch on round 13, but uh, goal kicking fullback for me personally, I think he's a touch overpriced, uh, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on it.
0: Yeah, look, uh, it, I I was really keen on Valentine Holmes and I'll put my hand up to say that the last couple of weeks. But I think uh, obviously origin around the corner, the fact the Cowboys, they're a bit like the Raiders. There's just so much uncertainty around them at the moment in the club. Um, Yeah, for the the price that he's at, I probably wouldn't touch him at the moment. But I think if he comes back down, which I'd say he will at some point in the season, if he comes back down, I'd look at uh, at him as an option for sure. $603,000, mate, for a season
1: average of 65.5. If he didn't have center wing eligibility, no one would be talking about him, but the fact that we can slot him in there I think is what making him such such a a hot commodity, but if the Cowboys continue to play poor, mate, we know that uh, Todd Payton's happy to shift him onto the wing. Scott Drinkwater's just re-signed as well, Uh, obviously got the Chad coming in next year, and Tommy Dearden. It's going to be very interesting to see how this dynamic shakes up, and I think Val might be uh, stuck on the wing on, on big money, and Yeah, if if Todd Payton's happy to pull that trigger this year, uh, I wouldn't be looking at him. If he can get back down to 5'10", 5'20", I would would be looking at him after round 13, but after round 13 only. Next one, mate. How do we replace Corey Thompson? Now, there's a couple of center wings um, that are a hot topic. Um, Zach Limex was one. David Nofaluma is is hot on the cards too. Valentin Holmes, like we've touched on. Uh, Peachy as well. And uh, Bradman Best, as, as we touched on before, David Nothaluma. How uh, as someone that brought in Thompson yourself, mate, we'll touch on trades at the end of the episode, but quickly, just not going too much into detail. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on replacing Thompson this week?
0: Oh, I mean, you definitely have to get rid of him. He's going to be out for, what, six to eight weeks. Um, I mean, there's, there's so many different options and so many ways you can go about it. Uh, do you get rid of him and then somebody else that you've been wanting to get rid of maybe in your forwards and then use all his cash to bring in a good forward and then bring you know, in sort of a middle ground or a nufty into, into your center wings? It just depends how you want to go about it. Uh, I think Tyron Peachy is a great option. Just that dual position gets me every time. Uh, but yeah, I, I think uh, slotting Peachy in there makes all the sense in the world. And I kind of like uh, Ruben Garrick as well. What worries me about Peachy, and, and
1: people might laugh at this, but the fact that Cam Murray is injured. Now, does that spell Peachy maybe getting a Blues call up to, to come off the bench? I, I wouldn't be um, surprised if I saw it happen. I think it's a bit left field, but if you said to me that the, um, peachy has been named for the blues I, I wouldn't be shocked and i guess that's what's putting me off when you can look at someone like a bradman best or you can look at someone like a stephen Crichton or a david nofaluma that, that definitely probably won't play origin i think that's what's leaning me towards them but peachy if he didn't play 13 it's gonna be fantastic but the inclusion of tino for assume this week does worry me a little bit with peach what happens with these minutes does mo fodder come back in does does uh, tino move to 13s i mean less minutes for peach is he relying too heavily on attacking stats? They're all questions that you need to weigh up when, when picking him. But as you said, mate, that dual position is really, really tasty. And the fact that he's playing 13 um, really, really entices me. So look, we'll touch on your trades um, at the end of the episode, but I, I have a rough idea as to how you're going to look at getting him out. Okay. Well, we touched on him. Is he a trap with being named at 12? Um Yeah, basically, is is he a must-have trade this week? Do you you think that you might get stung with a bit of an AE nightmare from Kate Well, or do you think holding him for a week or two, he'll still make enough points off off the reduced minutes to not be too much for worry for the next one to two weeks?
0: If you're going to keep him and you have the ability to not play him, I just wouldn't play him. I'd just chuck him on your bench, let him ride for a week and see what the go is next week. Uh, but the fact is they've got Scotty Sorensen there on the extended bench, yet to make his debut. I wouldn't be surprised if he does this week against the Sharkies, his former team. Uh, and I'd say Liam Martin will go into the starting lineup. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Katewell uh, get a, a seat on the fine this week.
1: Do you think this move, uh, if Katewell is out, for example, this week, do you think it's going to be, Who do you think it's going to benefit more? Do you think it'll benefit Spencer Lenny more? Do you think it'll benefit uh, James Fisher Harris more? Or do you think it's going to benefit Moses Liotta? Uh
0: Spencer Lenny. Uh, I think Spencer Lenny uh, has played a lot of second rower in his time. I think he is a second rower, to be honest. Um, uh, while he makes a, a great impact prop off the bench, uh, I think him on, a, on an edge is incredibly damaging, and we're going to see that at some point this season. Um, Ivan's not going to be shy to chuck him in there in, in the starting role at some point this season. I wouldn't be surprised either, especially over origin. So not, not so much a starting position this week, but do you
1: think um, th- those minutes are going to pick up this week, averaging only 22, 23 minutes a game, which uh, isn't great for a, a reserve option, but we know his PPM is phenomenal. Is it too risky to put to, to put the reserve on him after the showings that he's made this week?
0: Uh, completely depends on who you have in your side of It's between him and somebody like a Stefano Yukitukamaru, which I'm sure there's a lot of super coaches out there that have those two uh, on their bench at the moment in their front row forwards. I'd probably go with Spencer Lino for this week. I think he, again, probably get a few more minutes this week. They've a, a weaker opposition. Uh, but yeah, I, I just think that he's got more upside if he gets the minutes than what a, a Stefano Tukamanu does.
1: That's one thing I'm very, very thankful for this week. All year I've been battling poor reserve options because I've had injuries left, right and center. I've had to rely on guys like Jake Simkin, Ryan James, Spencer Lenu and guys in that mold to, to get me through. But this week I can finally dump all them and play. Uh, I would say four very, very good off reserve options. But if you are in that boat, uh, I think Spencer has some some big upside as Joe touched on. Uh, I do also like Jared, um, James Fisher-Harris with that dual position as well. And um, the fact that he'll play around 13 as well, I think that really entices me. Last Q&A junior paulo uh really really hurting a lot of owners is he a hold or is he just is he playing too much like a ball player and not like the offloading prop four that he was
0: last year Again, completely depends on your situation, doesn't it? Like if you've got somebody on your bench who's uh, viable for a week or two, you could just sort of hold on to him and see how he goes. I personally think he's going to turn things around, uh, especially with Origin around the corner. I think you'll see his performance uh, start to pick up a bit. And I think he's going to be really pushing for Origin. Uh, obviously, was there last year. So I think he's got a bit of motiv- motivation to start picking things up.
1: Yeah, it's, it's interesting to look at because we know that the modern day ball 13 is a ball player. Like they're linking him in the middle. Look at Cam Murray, look at Victor Radley, look at Isaiah Yo. They're these guys in the middle that that will shift the ball side to side and help out their first receivers. But the fact Nathan Brown isn't one of those, he's obviously injured, but has a name, which is um, curious. He someone like a junior Paulo is in that mold, but playing proper forward. I'm just worried that they're going to continue to use him as this link man and and continue to have a battering rim at 13 while while they sort of shift positions. And that's why I, I liked someone like a Bryce Cartwright to start at 13 this week. In all honesty, like, uh, as much as we take the piss out of Cardi, he's a fantastic ball player. I think he can help Junior Paul a lot and getting back to those fundamentals of him running forward, um, running hard, getting the offloads and, and being another version of TPJ. But it's just not not clicking this week, unfortunately, for owners. And a lot of them are frustrated with the output that he's putting on and the minutes just haven't been there for him either. But with the way that the, the Paramount Eels bench is playing and th- there's not going to be minutes there for Paulo, unfortunately. I think um, Brad Arthur's happy to rotate the pack as, as how it is a couple of debutants might come in and shake things up a little bit, but uh, I think Regan Campbell-Gillard and Paulo are setting the platform that allow Arthur to be a little bit more flexible with his rotation. So for me, uh, I would be selling, but I very much understand the point you come across from in the fact that um, he is very subjective in certain certain teams. If you're relying on Paulo uh, for points each week, then I would be trading him out. But if he's one of your X-Factor guys, I would definitely be hanging on for a week. Mate, we'll wrap up today with trade talks. Uh, Myself personally, uh, Simonson out, Zach Lomax out, Tom Travojevich in, and this is the trade that I'm sort of weighing up between. Do I go James Fisher-Harris or do I go a Bradman Best this week? Whoever I don't get this week, I'm getting next week. I'd love to hear your sort of thoughts and and maybe try and sway me in a direction between uh, Fisher-Harris and Best.
0: I mean, you and I have been talking about this for the last couple of days, and to be honest, I I was sort of leaning towards James Fisher-Harris just because you know what you're going to get. But in saying that, the fact that Newcastle are versing uh, the Raiders this week, with the way that the Raiders have been and the fact that Newcastle are going to attack that left, like they're going to be attacking on their left-hand side all night. I can imagine Bradman Best is going to have a massive night. So if it's only for the week and then you're going to bring in Fisher-Harris anyways, I think you're better off taking the punt on Bradman Best. You know, Chances are he could go out there. He might. Well, worst case, he gets you out of 40. Best case, he gets you 120, whereas Fisher-Harris is probably most likely just going to get you 60 or 70
1: yeah, just Fisher Harris is more of that just sort of stable man in the middle. But look, I'm very thankful this week that this is the week that I can choose But I'm not having to to play someone dud. This is a guy that's coming straight into my reserve, not even my starting side. So I think you're right, man. I think best probably has a little bit more X factor about him. And the fact that the Knights have such a, a nice draw leading into origin um, really, really enticed me to him. And if he can click with Pongameh, he could be anything. And I think you've, i think you've made you haven't made my mind up you've you've solidified my thought process behind him so turbo and best in for simmonson and lomax how about yourself mate
0: yeah i rate those trades a lot by the way i think uh obviously getting rid of simpkin is a must at this point um jacob little being back on the bench You I mean you would have made a bit of cash room but de- now is definitely the time uh, look for me like do you say simmonson I was going to say Simkin, mate. I'm,
1: I'm, 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 the firm believer. People are, uh, are jumping the gun on Simkin. He's got a break even of one, and I still think he will play forty minutes. So definitely not a trade for me. But no, I did say Simmonson, who hasn't oh, been, mate, impress- who hasn't been impressive at all.
0: Oh, I've lost the plot. Sorry about that. Okay, well, Simmonson, yeah, do it. One hundred percent. Go for
1: it. There's, <laughs> no, there's was, nothing. This, this was the joy that I had. Oh, like, Unfortunately, Pappy's back next week. I'm not gonna have him, but trading at Pappy for Lomax, which didn't work out too well. Yes, so I understand that, but it freed up a lot of cash. I think I had four hundred K coming into this week. So I could trade out Lomax to Turbo and still have three hundred and eighty K or something ridiculous in the bank to play with. And I can go Simmonson to a Best or a James Fisher Harris. But yeah, but on, on the Simkin thing, I'd I'd be holding on to Simkin for a week personally.
0: Fucking hell. That trade, mate, yeah, that trade is unreal. I don't have no idea why I thought you said Simpkin, but yeah, for me, to be honest, I I definitely wouldn't be getting a Simpkin. I'm I'm not a big fan. I think, uh, obviously, Moses back into the side, into the starting side, and then uh, Jacob Little there on the bench, yeah, it worries me a lot, and I think there's so many good options with the hooker at the moment. Uh, For me, in my trades, uh, so what I've done is, obviously, Corey Thompson had to come out of my side, and I brought in uh, Tyron Peachy. Again, I've sort of already explained the reasons why Tyron PG, the dual position is what uh, put me over the edge there. I love the the center wing uh, and the second row. It's probably the best dual that you can get in in my opinion. Uh, And then for me, I've, Got rid of uh, Stefano Yutukomanu and brought in Junior Paulo, another person that we've talked about for you know, probably a good 10 minutes on this pod. Uh, Junior Paulo at 423k at the moment. I know he hasn't been performing well over the last month or so, uh, but at the start of the season, he was playing off Reed Mahoney so well. He, he looked really, really good. Uh, and I just think that at that price, you're never going to see Junior Paulo. Usually uh, He usually floats around, what, like 550k. Uh, I think there's a bit of money to be made there. And yeah, pushing into origin, I think he's a big shot. You stalled for me for a minute there as so I could
1: plot the break-even charts. Junior Paul's got a break-even of 84, mate. Does that change your opinion, the fact that you can wait a
0: week on him? You could definitely wait a week. And again, situational. For me, I definitely needed to improve my second rowers and uh, I was able to get rid of Stefano Tucumano, who's just going to lose money as well. So yeah, I, I just think why not do it now? And then it's one less thing I have to worry about. I think if you put it off for a week, then you know you never know. Next week I might have two injuries and I can't get rid of uh, Stefano. So yeah, we, we'll, we'll do it now. I want to clear up an error that I made um, last week
1: on the Rugby League Guru podcast. I said that we get five trades coming into round 13. I know that the minute that that left my mouth that I I had it wrong. Uh, We get five trades to fix up for round 16, I'm pretty sure. Uh, No extra trades to come into round 13. So that's why I keep harping on about getting your team set for origin. And people are going to jump up and down and be like, why is Joe trading out? Um, Stefano when he's going to play round 13. And I've touched on this before. Like if you look at someone like a Spencer Lenu compared to a Stefano for round 13, I think there's much more upside to holding Spencer Lenu. So we're, we're going to have Kirk Capel out. We're going to have Isaiah Yo out. Um, that means there's going to be more minutes freed up for Spencer to play that round 13 game. Whereas we look at someone like Stefano, for example, who from that Tigers pack is playing origin. There's, there's no one. So yeah, I think there's a much more upside um, in terms of, your origin planning mate how are you going is it something you're heavily focusing on or is it something that's just sort of there in the back of your mind
0: to be honest, I've actually decided to go a bit of a, a different route about it. I think for me, I've been really focusing on just getting my team that I, I sort of want, and I'm going to take a few hits over Origin. Um, I know that's completely different to what you're going to do, so it's it's going to be uh, you and quite I are in very different positions
1: it- too, as well. I mean you're you're nearly in the top one k, so you're looking to to hold that spot with with guns, whereas someone like myself, I'm I'm a fair bit off the pack, so I need to to have one big round to bolster me. So it's a it's a very different strategy because it's very different um, teams.
0: Yeah, that's it. And we're just completely different at the moment. And for me, I've got enough players to be able to get me through those rounds. And that's all that I really care about at this point. Like I might have, uh, you know, one or two AEs potentially, but yeah, so be it.
1: Do you have a number in your head that you're looking at playing with with those one, the two AEs you're looking at playing sort of 11 or
0: 12? Uh, look, I'm, I'm just trying to go, going to try to get all of my starters out there and try to have one or two on the bench. And I don't really care who they are at this point. Um, for me, it's just, yeah, as long as I can field somewhat of a team and just get through those rounds, I'll be happy.
1: Yeah, my strategy is a little bit different to yours, mate. I'm looking at, at stacking round 13 pretty heavily and then using those five trades that we get um, at round 16 to really fix up my team for the run home. So this is what makes the, the game so great. Joe and I are in different positions. Joe's had a cracking start to the year, whereas myself, I'm, I'm in, in a bit of a hurt. So different strategies require different methods moving forward and different results are going to require differently too. So yeah, I think keep origin in your mind, but if you're not struggling too much then it's not something to focus on too heavily but yeah that's going to be everything for today guys thank you very much for joke coming on uh, a little bit longer um podcast day we didn't get one out on wednesday so uh, give you guys a treat for uh, thursday to get you through the working working day and, and moving into super coach but for now keep your friends close and keep your pods closer